the views and opinions expressed by the guests on this podcast are that of their own. In no way, shape, or form do they reflect the official policy or position of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. Descended into the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack, a commercial diving podcast by working divers for divers. This episode is brought to you by Joint Zone Equipment. They offer hydraulic power packs, underwater hydraulic tools, and their revolutionary underwater lift bags. Their underwater lift bags have raised the manufacturing standards across the industry. No glue is used in the manufacturing process, and all the seams and attachment points are radio frequency welded using a material that provides a higher puncture resistance in a lighter weight. So make your next joint zone purchase from one of the stocking distributors such as Rental Tools Online or Amron International. JointZoneEquipment.com. Leading from below. But yeah, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Welcome to the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. This is a great a special, special episode. It. Yeah, yeah. Last episode in the office. Right. Oh, there you go. Sad, but not sad. Let's hope I don't blow it. <laughs> no, it's going to be good. It's going to yeah. be great. You're not going to blow yeah. it. It's going to be fun. So <clears throat> we have uh, Aaron Dack. A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. That's A-A-Ron. right. A.A. Ron. Then Johnny with us, as uh, usual. The cat. The cat. Is that your, your I mean, that's what everyone calls me. All right, all right, all right. The cat. It's because I like cats. I'm an old cat woman. Cat man. I'm a cat lady. Cat. Oh, I'm a cat, cat lady. Man. Yeah. All right. So what you guys been uh, up to? Nothing. Yeah, no. We got um, shut down for weather for a little bit because it's been raining so much here in California. You know how once Californians right. get wet, they can't do anything. That's right. Uh, it's, I think that's most divers in general. Yep. We. Yeah. I've seen more divers run away from water on a deck than I've ever seen any other bunch yeah. of person. That's why Johnny's a cat. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. of> water. <laughs> we, we like, we hate being wet. It's, it's, it's like, is there money involved? I don't, I don't right. want to be wet. There's not money involved. You know, there's, there's so. nothing more terrible than a wet wetsuit right. on deck. Oh. Right. Especially first thing in the morning. God. Especially when I haven't yeah. been wet, you know? If I'm yeah. wet, something like out on the rig. Yeah. Ugh. Or when it's really That's cold. Just brutal. And then you leave your suit out to dry and then come back in the morning and it's frozen. It's frozen, yeah. That's the worst. Like literally frozen. That, that, yeah. In a U. Yeah. And your you first think, diver. I mean, a lot of Midwesterners would probably make fun of us for talking about the icy chill in the air here in Long Beach. But there has been times where we could stand our pants. Our chafing gear pants, we can stand them up because <laughs> it gets pretty cold here. Heck yeah, it does. So, yeah. So, where are you uh, now, hailing out of there? I'm uh, out of Florida right now. So, I've been here for God since 2007. Um, before we get too far, uh, am I allowed to use colorful language? Absolutely not. This is God's show. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of this course. is a show intended for children. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. It's like, I'm going to let stuff slip. As Has it been hard for you out. already? Yeah. Like yeah, A little bit, yeah. <laughs> let, let me rephrase that. It's a show for the mentality of children. Yeah. Of yeah. course you can use colorful language. We fucking use it all, all right. the time. Well, I all right. All right on. Yeah, you so, do. Um, <clears throat> 
so yeah, I, I live out here in Florida. I live on the East Coast side over in Stewart, as you know. Um, Florida, I love it. It's, it's done well by me. I moved out of California 2005 to go down to the Gulf after Katrina. And uh, yeah, I just been kind of, I stayed there for about, God, I stayed in Louisiana for about a year and a half. And then I moved out to California again, then hopped out to Hawaii for about a year. And then from Hawaii, came out here. So I absolutely refuse to live anywhere where it snows for a season. That is my number one requirement. Cannot snow. Oh man. You know? Yeah. It's just like my wife, yeah. just like Kristen. She's like, when she left Pennsylvania, she's like, I am never going back to anywhere that has snow. Yeah. I'm like, never. I don't know. You know, I think it's cool. I love snow. Because guess, you're technically a Californian. Yeah, I guess not until you live in it for half your life. Correct. Right. Well, that's, that's my case. Like if I could ditch these summers, and go somewhere cold, I would do that in a heartbeat. Like I want to go into the well, freezing tundra and live there for a few <laughs> years because I don't want to be on Christmas Day here in Long Beach and 80, it's 80 degrees outside. I hate that. Yeah. It's the worst thing ever. Do you miss the, the mm. snow during Christmas time, uh, Dak? No. No, not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I made a life-changing decision at the age of like 23 that I would never... I, I I would either see women in parkas or see women in bikinis. And I was like, I'm going to go with the bikinis. So anytime, any day, you can roll to the beach and see girls in bikinis. And that's just the way it is. So that's, and I think that's a, a minimum standard for a male in today's society. Especially <laughs> like, Florida, dude. It's like, it's always hot and humid. Right. So it's like, yes. you're almost never wearing clothes. Right. See, I hate that. I, well, the humid part, I don't mind. So I probably could do it. I could probably do it. I don't like, sometimes like I don't like desert as you heat, walk out the you know? door. I don't like the dry heat sometimes. Yeah. Your sinuses get all jacked yeah. up, nosebleeds. You don't have that in Florida. Everything's nice and moist. That does, every day. It sounds terrible when you say moist. Including women, evidently. <laughs> Gross. Oh, man. See? What? That's a tough colored remark. Am I going to get canceled but, because of that yeah, stupid you remark? Could. You could. I mean, wow. this is the day Come and age. On. Yeah. going to delete. Cut that right yeah. Cut that. Also, bugs are different over there. Little tiny yeah. bugs here in California, they fall, you know, they land. Everything's fine. Florida, they land. It's like, they're huge. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's them landing. Like, they'll go pick up your car and yeah. shit. You know what I mean? No spiders. The first time I saw one of those giant banana <clears throat> spiders, mm. I freaked out. Oh, yeah. I freaked out, like walking through the forest in the back because the company I worked for, they had a, you know, a, a pretty large yard in the back was like just overgrown you know, forest or whatever. So I'd walk back there because it was fun and exciting to me. And then I saw right. this big ass spider yeah. <laughs> just flipped out. Right. If you're, if you're, yeah, they look, yeah, yeah, if you're not, if you're not native to that area, there are a lot of things that try, are trying to kill you. Oh yeah. Snakes everywhere. Snakes. Gators or not gators. What do you have in <laughs> like, Florida? Crocodiles or whatever? No gators. Got, they have gators got, too. Yeah, no, we got gators. Some crocodiles. And way down south. And then the, um, you yeah. have the brain eating Fucking bacteria. The amoebas. Yeah, yeah. The amoeba. some kids died in the lake that I used to live by. <laughs> what was that? Uh, Zika. Yeah, you have Zika. Zika virus. Yeah. For oh, we weak got, people, you have Lyme disease. We, we've got that thing uh, that was going around for a while called uh, bath salts where people were eating, oh, yeah. eating faces. faces we were just talking other, about that. Yeah, faces. <laughs> we were just talking about that when bath salts first came out. That guy who was on top of that girl eating her face. Yeah. Remember that footage? Yeah. yeah. It was like fucking zombies. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that's my dad was sending me Florida. all Fucking sorts of links. Florida. It's like, holy shit. It's like zombie land out there. I was like, I know. I got my gun. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh, man. We're really Let's selling Florida the right three now. On the side of my Jeep. I yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, well, it was fun and exciting. But like I commented the other day, I'm like, I've never met so many people that have like lost somebody they know in death. You know, like people die out there yeah, a lot. all the time. Yeah. Like everybody yeah. knows somebody that, you know, that died, their family, you know, young, that died young. <clears throat> Death's waiting room out here. Jeez. But yeah, but yeah, it's going to be good. Um, you're currently working for a, what company right now? I'm working for Boscalis out of the UK. Oh, so nice. they're out of Aberdeen proper um, out of Scotland. And um, it started off with working with Bibby. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Yeah. Then they got bought and sold by Reaver and then Reaver went and got bought and sold um, or sold and then bought by Boscalis. Okay. And yeah, because uh, Bibby had been around just for a while, carried right? over. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those yeah, really early time. oil field companies. Correct. Yeah. It's, um, you know, they're, they're one of the, I was, I'd say one of the big three back, you know, when you had sub C7 yeah. and you had um, Technip and then Bibby um, and now Boscalis is, so, so Sub-C7 and um, Technip kind of take the bigger jobs and Boscalis picks up all the, the, the stuff that falls between the cracks because they, 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 the big two want all the multi-million dollar jobs and we pick up the stuff that's, you know, four or five million dollar jobs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, we've just been working with them since, oh, when was that? When did I go over there? at least five years now, I think six years. So, and, um, and that's, that's kind of what I was wanting to talk to you guys about was like what the process is. If you know, the, the one thing that when I was told when I was going to dive school, I went to dive school in 99 at college of oceaneering. Hey, and got another alumni there. John. Yeah. Right. We got, we're all over yeah, the place. Yeah. I think Johnny, what you were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 11, 11 or 10, 10 or 11. Was that the last year? It was the last year. Last class even, last, right? right? I think it was. I think we were second to last second class. To last. I think. I'm not sure. I don't remember. There was a lot of things yeah. going up my nose at that time. Cut that. <laughs> Never mind. Cut that. Yeah. <laughs> edit, edit that. Because the portal on me hit it. Hold on. Let me take a bong rip edit, real quick. Freddie. But, uh. He's going to do that. You better. Okay. Um, so, yeah. It's. What was I going on with that? So college oceaneering, yeah. So and then, um, well, shit, I forgot my train of thought. Where was I going with that? Working for Briscalis. Yeah, working for Briscalis, you started off. Oh, with college how, how to get there? Yes. Right, and and how did how did how do you get to starting to work in the UK? So when I when I first went to dive school, it was right out the gate. Don't ever think about working in the North Sea. An American is not allowed. You know, they kicked us all out of the eighties. And we haven't been allowed in since, you know, and they say stuff like, um, you know, the Jones act was the reason why we weren't allowed to go work over there and all this, you know, it's, it's all just a bunch of bullshit to be honest. For those of us or people who are not familiar, what is the Jones act? The Jones act is something that is kind of like an umbrella sort of, if you get injured in the oil field, you don't just sue the company. You can actually sue everybody involved. You can sue the company that was uh, the project 
was putting on by like BP. You could sue the crew boat people. You can, you can, it just blankets everybody across the board. Whereas before stuff that happened on the water, it's like nobody was taking really responsibility for it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, so, but you know, when, when, when I first started my, the process of trying to figure this whole thing out, you know, everybody just said, no, 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 no. And it, I don't know about you guys, but typical diver, typical male, I'm just like, go fuck mm-hmm. yourself. Don't tell me no. I hate being told no, because I could never find anything in the writing. There's nothing written. There's nothing anywhere that says we specifically are not allowed over there. And I just wasn't willing to accept that. And it was been, God, it was. Because I mean, so I was that a goal of yours to, to get out there early on? Yes. Well, I mean... Saturation was my mm-hmm. number one goal. And I got into SAT in 2006 with Global Diving and Salvage. And that was my, my wake-up call to like, if I can achieve this, what's the next mm-hmm. evolution of things to achieve? Um, you know, like most of us, we, we, we want to try and do better as our careers go. And we want to always kind of excel, you know, excel in whatever we're at. And I just kind of saw things differently. You know, I was like, I, I want to do the least amount of work for the most amount of money, period. So that's what saturation does, right? That's you make the most amount of money, you work maybe four or five months out of the year and you rest of the time, you're just mm-hmm. kicking it, you know? Um, and so once I made sat diver, I was like, all right, the next evolution is to get into the markets that have the money. So obviously number one, Australia, right? That, that one, I, I, there's no way you can get into that. I've, I mean, unless you were an Aussie, it's, you're never going to get in there. It's, it is specifically set aside basically for them. Wow. Um, And those jobs are few and far between. So the guys that live there and have been working with the dive companies for years, they're the ones that are going to go and sat. And if you just show up and you don't go to the yards and, you know, be basically a tender, you're never mm-hmm. going to get in. Um, so they're pretty protective but, and they have enough personnel to cover it, it sounds like. Correct. Correct. Now, um, the UK was a little bit different. I started the whole process by going and doing my IMCA DMT. Oh, nice. Because that... Where did you get that at? That was like... Well, I got that in Roatan. Ooh, not a bad Honduras. Yeah. So once you guys start looking up some of these courses, you, you'll start to see where, why, why it's like, it's, it's fun. And yet it's, it's, it's hard at the same time. You know, it's, it's just interesting because you can go to some very unique places just for the courses alone. Um, but that course has been dissolved. So can't go to that one anymore. Um, but they've got one in Marseille, France. They've got one in Spain. Um, I'm going, I'm actually leaving uh, this week to go back to the UK to do a, my DMT course and get a refresher on it. But it's, that was the real wake up call. Like, okay, if you're going to do this, you got to do it hundred percent and it's going to cost you a fortune because just the course, my refresher course is something like um, 600 and something pounds, which converts over, well, right now the pound to US dollars, basically one-to-one, but um, it used to be, you know, a little bit more, but uh, it's about $700 just, just for a refresher course. And it's a five-day refresher course that does not include your hotel. That does not include food. 
So you, you start adding all that stuff up, plus your airfare, you're starting to look around, you know, about $2,000 for a week. And that's just the refresher. The, the initial course is about two grand just for the course. Mm. So you can see where it's, where it's like, you know, it starts to build on that, you know, and at the time I'm, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, oh man, you know, can I afford this? You know, cause that's just one of many courses you have to do before they even look at you. And I was like, all right, I found that Rotan course and it was a tropical island and everything like that. And I said, all right, I'm just going to do it. Cause at the very least I'll get a great vacation out of it. And, um, you guys know William Kim? I do not know. I don't think so. Um, it's a good buddy of mine, Korean guy, uh, very, very fun guy to hang out with, to say the least, when you go on a trip and stuff like that. So he and I both took the course together nice. and, um, we basically pickled ourselves for about two weeks while we did the course. Wonderful. And, um, that was the, yeah, no, <laughs> and that was like the first initiation into like, okay, you're going to go overseas and start doing this stuff. Because from there, then you, you actually meet the other divers in the area. Um, so I met a couple guys from the UK and started asking them, you know, like picking their brains a little bit, like, Hey, what, what other courses are you guys have to have? Cause everything's the same, but it's just different labels. So like one of the courses that you need to have is a, uh, inspection course, a C-SWIP. Like we can, we can get our inspection courses done by some guy that flies out on a chopper out to the rig and get everybody, you know, level two in eight hours, or you go and spend, what did I spend on that course? I think it was like two grand to just take um, like a four day course in, in level one inspection for C-SWIP. And it was, you're not guaranteed to pass. You know what I mean? It's like they, they were, they make it difficult. They trying to actually get you to fail and you're just like, man, I can't, I can't fail this course because it's, it's two grand just for the course, you know? So man, if only dive school start- was like that, where they're trying to get you to fail would weed out a lot, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah, but I'm telling you, a lot of us really didn't need help. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there's, there's some yeah, truth to that. Yeah, some of us you could tell um, like oh, you're not gonna make it. But yeah, so different labels. Right. You gotta turn your bottle the other side, right, upside down. To yeah. Us. yeah, you're you're always on at the bottle, off at the hat. Yep, and um, two guys in the water, always. Um, which is actually, you know, it's 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 hard to get used to at first. But since you have round robin comms, you can actually be doing something like a spool piece and you've got homeboy on the other end while you're, you know, mating up this, this flange over here. And it, I'll tell you what, it's, it's nice. You know, it's like, you know, you know as divers were like, God, I just wish I had one more hand. Well, now you got two and you can talk to each other. You can, you can sort everything out. And, um, it's, it's, it's a different way of diving, but it's, it's very, interesting, you know, to say the mm-hmm. least. And I, you know, I, I've, I've known a lot of American divers that were like, you know, oh, you're just a remote diver in a little ROV or whatever. And it's like, yeah, there's some truth to that, but it's safer, you know I mean? Cause we're not even allowed to get in the water without a dive plan, period. Like a written out dive plan, the d- dive supervisor has to come over, talk to you, <clears throat> tell you exactly what's going to happen, what you're going to do. So before you even get into your hot water suit, you know exactly what's happening. You got pictures. You know, if you, get, if, if you so much as say, hey, I, I need to see a picture of that tool that's coming down. All right. They send you in a picture. It's like, fuck me. I mean, that's, 
it's it's so like oh, night and day. Luxurious. It's like they want, yeah, they want you to have all the information up front, and it's, you know, it's like, I, I mean, you guys can remember when you were doing school pieces in the states. It's like, rip it, grip it, slam it in there, and beat the hell out of it to get it to fit. Generally speaking, if you're doing flanges in the UK, it's everything has to flow in. You know, there's no hammers. You don't hammer it in. You 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 make it up. You slide your bolts right in. You don't chip any paint. It's just like shit. <laughs> Gucci, like, but it works. Gucci diamond. Yeah, <laughs> but it works. You know what I mean? It's like it's they they take the time to you know to lift put the lift bags on it just right and. You've got two guys, so you're working twice as much in the water. Um, and everybody's, you know, everybody's a professional. We just, not not saying that people in the States aren't. It's like, we're all professionals. We all want to get the job done. It's just a different way of doing it. It's a different thought process. And I think that's uh, the hardest thing to wrap your head around, you know. But um, getting back to the courses and stuff like that. So you got to get your, start off with your, your MCA DMT. Your C-SWIP is your inspection course. Then you're going to have to do your water survival, which you can get right in Louisiana. It's not a big deal. Um, what's the other ones that you have to have? You're going to have to get your rigging course. Now, does that have to be a NIMCA then, rigging course? Okay. Yes. Yep. And most of these things are they're either international or just in the UK. So your dive medical... Let's just talk about that for a second. Like the, the United States ADC dive medical, it's pretty, pretty extravagant. You know, they, they hook you up to the EKGs, you know, they might have you do a stress test on your heart and stuff like that, blood work, all that stuff. That does not fit their requirements. Um, and th- it's, it's an HSE medical and you can only get it in the UK from an HSE. Doctor. Oh, wow. So you have to physically fly out there to get your dive physical. Correct. And that was something that I thought, you know, you get the, what is it, the UCOA or OGUK? OGUK. Um, medical. I thought, oh, just go do that. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't apply at all. So that's, that's just the first hurdle of like, I need this medical. I fly over there. I found a doctor that can do it. He, uh, I'd say about 60% of, 60% of the time, he or she won't accept you because they've never seen you before. And that's, oh, that's wow. where you're, just, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm giving it's you like, money. I yeah. want to, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I, I want to pay you money to do a medical on me. And they're like, well, I don't know if you're fit enough to do the medical. I'm like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. I, I, I've, I've crossed <laughs> that's why I'm here <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. And then I've had other doctors say, cause I pull it right from the HSE website. It's a list of doctors and I've called them out and they're like, oh, I don't do that. I said, well, you're on their website as a doctor that does specifically HSE dive medicals. Well, I do them, but I don't do them. Like, why the hell would you even qualify for that? Because it, it's, it's a separate thing that they have to qualify through mm-hmm. the HSE to be recognized as it and then not offer it. Like it's it's maddening sometimes. It really is. Um, But it's one of those things. Like I've seen what three different doctors 
over there, but I've probably called it about 12, wow. you know, over the years trying to get, you know, like, a uh, during COVID we were having to do Chester step tests. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know what that is. No. Mm-mm. It's, um, it's basically for them to check your VO2 max and uh, your heart rate and stuff like that. And it's, it's a step test basically. And it's, it starts slow and increases intensity for 10 minutes. And um, through that, through your age and all this shit, they figure out if your heart can <coughs> take it and if your lungs are okay. So during COVID, this was what was brought upon us that we had to do it before every time we went offshore. So it was like, okay, so now I have to pay 70 pounds to go do this Chester step. I need to find a doctor. So most of us, I mean, we're just scrambling because sometimes you get a week notice. So we're on the phone calling all these different doctors like, hey, can I come in and do a Chester step? They're like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, like, Bloody it's no. Like, it's not even, it's, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's like no gray area. They're just like, no. So then as divers do, you know, we're sewing circle of, of buds, you know, so we start compiling all the doctors that are very accommodating and that you could call last minute. And some of them are way the hell away from the port, you know, so or halfway across the country where you're going to be meeting the vessel. So it, it got to be very interesting but thankfully we've we've dropped that and that's just now just yeah. part of our core uh medical but do you have to do this like almost every yeah, time for your physical or do you now have like a couple doctors or a few doctors <clears throat> you go to um well it's so they they have a different work schedule over there for the doctors some doctors will work for about two months and take a month off so uh, since i'm going over there now to go do um my DMT course, I actually had to call up an older guy that I'd seen way back when. And it just so happened he wasn't on vacation and it, it lines up, but I have to travel halfway across the country to go see him and then tra- travel back the other direction to go to my course. So it's kind of a pain in the ass. But once you, once you go over there and you start traveling around for about a week, you, you pick it up pretty quick. You know, the train rails are easy to get to. The ports can be a little tricky. Um, but you know, you, 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 we talk to each other, you know, we've all got WhatsApp and stuff like that. So you know, who's coming out on your crew chain. So you kind of try to meet up. So everybody, if, if everybody's lost at the same time, we're okay. Versus, you know, just one guy missing. So, yeah. And WhatsApp is a really good, uh, international messaging, uh, <clears throat> platform that you can kind of keep track of all your people that you know worldwide. I use it and it's, it's pretty seamless, yeah. real easy to use. So I'm sure you do. If you, if you guys, uh, you know, definitely download that if you have friends overseas and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do talk to my buddy in Germany. Are, mm-hmm. I know some guys are starting to swap over to what signal or something like that. Seems to be another big one taking yeah, another big so. one's telegram, but that's all I, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So no, it's a one. weird one. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, can you give a shout out to any of the doctors that are a little bit more accommodating or do you not want to flood them with, uh, Americans trying to no, get out um, of the North sea? What are the Europeans going to I mean, do about it, it? We're American. We can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's one of those things like, you know, um, you're, you can go down the list, uh, but the, the one that I usually go to, he works at Anchor Solutions there in Aberdeen. And mm-hmm. um, I always said, you know, if I'm going to buy a Rolex, I'm going to buy it out of Aberdeen, Scotland, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where all our diving forefathers, yeah. you know, came from and stuff like that. But um, I have yet to do that. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like every time I walk by the Rolex store, I'm like, eh, I'm okay. I'm going to keep the 10 grand in my right. pocket. You know what I mean? But it's an investment so, though. I got this Timex. That's, oh, that's pretty, pretty good still. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I rock a Seiko, right? I just had a custom built Seiko with a purge valve in it um, from a guy in California, actually. His name is Nathan. He's, uh, his Instagram is 444 p.m. So if you guys nice. ever want to get a, a custom Seiko built, contact him. But, shout um, out, Nathan. Yeah, shout out. Um, but um, yeah, I just, I just, I, I couldn't just wear that 10K on my wrist like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. but you're a sad diver, though. That should be like peanuts to you. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's funny too because a lot of divers do wear the Rolexes, and I've seen those blow up. Oh yeah. So, uh, oh man. Yeah. Oh. yeah we're gonna just, have to cut that. Um, <laughs> Rolex, if you're listening, we're gonna have to cut that. <laughs> Are you sponsored by Rolex? <laughs> not no, yet. I, yeah. I, I want to say, <laughs> but we're not going to not, with that I'll kind help. of talk. <laughs> Rolexes blow it up. First one Kill I people. saw. Panerai, here we come. Panerai, here we come. Grapple through the neck. Yeah. There you go. I'll, I'll stick with Tudor. It's fine. So it's their little brother. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to say the first one I saw the, the crystal pop out or the sapphire pops out was uh, Terry Geisler's when I was oh, inside no with him. Yeah. But I was just like, holy shit. Because we heard it something pop. And I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and he's like, oh man, my Rolex is blown. <laughs> <laughs> me, dude. Um, you better cut down on those but, stars. Yeah, You're going to get assassinated over there. <laughs> the <Yeah>. Rolex hitmen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but oh. I mean, I, I still say that one of the most <laughs> time proven one is going to be Casio, you know, the, the G-Shock. Yeah. Guys wear those in. I've seen them, you know, 500 feet or whatever and never, never even skipped a beat. Nice. It's like, holy shit. So, uh, so maybe you'll get picked up by yeah, G-Shock. Yeah, some good old G-Shocks. <laughs> the Rolex, Rolex team is Aaron Dark, exiled. Dark. Okay. Well, there's a reason why I'm exiled. See? <laughs> right. But no, that's good to hear. So, I mean, some of the big points is that you can do it, you know, get out there to the North Sea. It's mm-hmm. a little difficult, but uh, it can be done. Yes. They don't all hate Americans. So, no, no, no. I mean, you will get a couple of guys that, that, you know, don't like the idea of an American working over there, but it's few and far between. Like I said, everybody's, for lack of a better term, everybody's on the same team. Yeah. You know, it's like we're all there to make money, get the job done, and get the next job. Um, and you know, like like any of us, we want the best guys that we can possibly have on our side because I trust them, and I, and you know, you know, I know you're going to do your job right, and I don't have to look at your stuff as I come back in the water or something like that, you know, and I don't want anybody second guessing my work either. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nice working with a group of people that in, in, in any capacity that is, you know, like brothers to you that you can trust and stuff like that. But yeah, they, they, they're usually very accommodating and um, everybody's very, the, the one thing that I did notice straight away is manners. Mm. Like everybody says, please. And thank you. And excuse me and stuff like that regardless of the situation, they, everybody uses their manners. Whereas in the States, we tend not to like, Oh, fuck off or whatever, you know, it's mostly joking, but it's just funny to see the difference. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. The vernacular oh, yeah. is a little different. Huh. Yeah. Tea time. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you have tea time yeah. on the rigs? Yeah. <laughs> oh crap. I was just joking. <laughs> I was just joking. Yeah. Would you nice? I mean, obviously so we that's don't a real the water, thing, though. but would you like a nice it's, cup it's of a tea? Wow, I didn't know. I, I yeah. honestly didn't know it was a real thing, Johnny. I thought they it was just something to. in movies. No, yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a real thing. And but the um, tea is so I mean, good, get, I bet. Well, some, sometimes it is. Yeah. I, I tell you what, when you first start it, 
you probably won't like it because you know, we're coffee drinkers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I like, and, we like flavor. Um, I like a good cup of cha myself. Well, there you go. Sure. But uh, yeah, you, you 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 sit side by side with these guys for long enough, and they're like, "Hey, cup of tea? You know, you want a cuppa? You want a cuppa? Sure, I'll take mm-hmm. a cup." You know. And then pretty soon, you learn how to make it correctly because that was my first thing. Was like, you know, go go get us some cups of uh, cups of tea. And I made them and I didn't realize, oh, you're supposed to take the tea bag out before you serve it to somebody because mm-hmm. you're, you know, it's got a steep, right? Mm-hmm. So I delivered all the, co- all the teas to everybody in the dive shack and they were just like, the fuck you is this? educated piece of <laughs> shit, <laughs> you bloody <Yeah>. biker. <laughs> I'm like, fuck sakes. You know, I was like, nobody taught me. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and I guess it makes it taste bitter. I, I don't Our know. Our tea has little strings. You should have made them look like assholes, taken it from them, and thrown it overboard. <laughs> nah, well, <laughs> the, the antithesis of that was like, go make me a cup of coffee. And that shut everybody up. So I was like, all right. So we're on the same page, at least. You know what I mean? So, That's weird. So they don't um, drink coffee a lot. They, they do. do. Okay. It is, they it do. is becoming, it, it's becoming more prevalent. However, um, there's always pots of hot coming in. And pots of tea. Oh, okay, so, so is that pot what, of hot okay. for your coffee. Nice. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a plain pot of hot water for coffee, and then uh, or anybody that has their like, I, I'll drink ginger tea over there because I just don't like the regular English tea as much. And um, you can also order a pot of tea, and you always, always, always have to make sure there's milk. Obviously, so, yeah, that's yeah. key. Who knew? Who knew? So no, uh, so, no French vanilla creamer. No. I mean, some guys will bring in some stuff like coconut, powdered coconut milk and stuff hmm. like that. I mean, it's like the, the, the healthiness over there is different than ours as well. Like everybody tries to eat organic or, you know, I'd say about every day somebody orders just a salad, you know, which is kind of unheard of in the States yeah, you know, until recently, to be honest. Wait, we're still talking yeah, about I divers, mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's funny because you see, you get the menu, right? And you'll see like cheeseburger and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get that. And then my homeboy over here is ordering a chicken salad. I'm like, all right, I better right. cross that out. <laughs> <laughs> One in Rome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I better eat good. I'll, I'll eat the Brussels sprouts. But know? obviously you're brushing your teeth more than there. <laughs> oh man. No. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> on that note. Uh, going to have to edit that one out. No, no. I'm sure they're fine with making it's fun of their mouths. Jokes. 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 We, we like to make jokes. It's just jokes. jokes. But uh, yeah. yeah, I want to learn a little bit more about uh, kind of some of the health standards. And, you know, since we started talking a little bit about food and stuff. And uh, again, I want this episode a little bit more geared towards uh, that diver that kind of wants to, you know, give it a shot and get out there, especially some of the younger yeah. divers. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. Okay. Deck, and uh, after that, sure. we'll be right back and we're going to get right into it on how uh, we can get some of you guys out there to the North Sea. How about that? RentalToolsOnline.com RTO They've got you covered with rental tools that can handle the most demanding marine construction jobs and available to ship anywhere in the globe. But don't let the name fool you. They also have new tools and equipment for sale at some of the best prices around with amazing customer service. RTO has a Trustpilot score of 4.9 out of 5 with almost 200 reviews. They're real customers. Non-paid Real thoughts. Divex Marine was impressed by the great inventory. Bill Eubanks at Harbor Diving Service praised the customer support and fast shipping. 
And John Shaw at Advanced Marine Services says, for a small contractor who needs to rent, RTO is the perfect solution. Quick and painless. Rental Tools Online carries all the major brands like Stanley, Nemo, JW Fishers, and even Pressure Junkies, to name a few. RTO has their own house brand that meets or exceeds industry standards. It's called Joint Zone. Not the place you used to smoke doobies by the bleachers, but an affordable hydraulic tool and lift bag alternative. Their Joint Zone lift bags are manufactured with a higher puncture resistance and load capacity than many other lift bags on the market. With advanced designs and materials, including optional cold weather coating, you don't have to worry about the next salvage job. So for the most convenient way to rent or purchase tools, go to rentaltoolsonline.com. That's rentaltoolsonline.com. Back to the show. And we're back. Party on, guys. <laughs> let's do it. So let's take a quick little cheers. I have a, a warm Modelo uh, Negra. I have a Jack Daniels. It always Daniels sounds weird when I try Tennessee to speak fire. Spanish without an accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Tennessee Fire going because it's... Tennessee Fire. We Actually, o'clock. we have the good stuff down here. I, I, I didn't take that out. Why? You were going to leave it here? No, I forgot about it. This is fine. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Zach. What you got over there? Got, the, got some... Uh, cheers. Vodka tonic. Vodka tonic. Nice. Cheers. Mm. Salud. What you got? The kush over there in that little box? No. No, we got some brandy. Delicious oh. uh, brandy and uh, I think a little bit of whiskey. I think both are brandy, huh? Yeah, we got apple and yeah. peach. Apple and peach. Real buttery smooth from the Dirty Prospector. They sponsor our other show, the Bottom Dwellers Beer Club. So you guys that are listening, check out the Bottom Dwellers Beer Club. That's on a separate feed. Every so often we'll throw that on the uh, Dive Shack feed Mm -hmm. if it's related to diving a little bit. But uh, for the most part, it's got its own separate feed. So make sure you go over to that, you know, search Bottom Dwellers Beer Club, B-I-E-R. As in beer. And then uh, same handle on the Instagram, Bottom Dwellers Beer Club. And uh, yeah, give us a like and a follow and a listen. It's a uh, fun show. It's a really fun show. It's a really fun show. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's a great show. But I enjoy watching it for sure. It's definitely a change of pace too. So, <clears throat> but um, yeah, so that's our shameless plug for that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. we're talking <laughs> about getting to the North Sea. So yeah. uh, as far as fitness. As an American. Cons- yeah, as an American. See, as a lot American, of people know that yeah. American diets, we kind of touched on that before the break a little bit, that our diets are... Uh, it's not the best compared to, you know, maybe some other places. We're doing better as a whole. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, I think we're starting to realize the the food that is on the shelves is, has so much processing and preservatives mm-hmm. in it that now we're starting to be like, oh yeah, more, more organics, you know, less get, get away from that glyphosate shit, you know? Um, and then all the Instagram videos I've been seeing about food, it's like they put cheese on everything. It's like everything's dipped in cheese, yeah. everything's fried. And it's like at first during COVID, it's like, ooh, that's delicious. That's cool. Maybe I'll try to make that. But then it's like now it's just disgusting. Yeah. I saw somebody making a burrito, Johnny. Mm-hmm. And uh, they put like a bunch of French fries with cheese and sauce and they slap that in the burrito. They put four <laughs> full-size taquitos in the burrito with guacamole, wrapped it up. And it's like, dude, I don't. That's got to be so bad for you. It's like four meals in one. I I don't see the problem. I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) What are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you 
do they expect divers to be fit out there in the North Sea? Like my BMI is pretty they high do. right now. Oh, uh, yeah. See, and me too. Mine's not horrible, but I mean, I could show you one of my things that says technically overweight, and yeah. I'm like, I am not overweight. I'm just I'm. I might have a couple inches around my waist, but that's it, you know, and they are very, very strict on that. Yeah. Oh man. So, I mean, I mean, half the guys that I, uh, I work with, I mean, they, they either run like all day, every day, a couple of guys do Ironmans. Um, bicycling is huge over there. So everybody's cycling all the time. Um, I mean, you look at, half of these guys on Instagram and they're always out doing something exercise related. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, it behooves you to stay in shape, but at the same time, it's like, holy shit. I mean, if I get just a little bit out of shape, am I going to get knocked off? So, so that's kind of a concern uh, for you. Always. Like that yeah. extra yeah. taquito burrito <laughs> or, yeah. or a couple extra beers. You know? Put it down. <laughs> Put down the taquito burrito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, to supersize it or just rig, I'm going to say regular. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's funny how it works. It's just like, you know, they just look at it differently. Like you, you can get past here in the States being overweight and and still show up to the job and nobody says shit. Yeah, we see it all the time, you know. You still see it in the UK. It's just not as prevalent. And if you do happen to get passed through your medical, it's kind of one of those things like, how did that guy get passed? I mean, I barely pass. How the fuck did he pass type of thing? But I don't know. It's, it's, it has its ups and downs. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll enforce it sometimes and then other times they won't. So it's, it's kind of hit or miss. Um, but that's kind of a sad thing I've, in I've general, known. right? I mean, to, to be a saturation diver, you've got to be pretty, pretty fit because uh, if you're bigger, it's kind of hard to fit in the chambers. I would imagine kind of suck for the rest of the crew. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, there is that, but I mean, I'm talking, there's, there's, there's guys that are just naturally units. Yeah. I mean, they're just big boys. They're not fat by any means. They're just, I got a couple of buddies of mine that just tower over me and they're just huge, you know? And I'm like, how are we going to get you in and out of the belt mm-hmm. for starters? I mean, it's like with all the equipment on, how the fuck are you supposed to fit out? And, um, that's, that's, I mean, I know a guy, he's got to put his arms above his head just so he can squeeze out. Uh, of the trunk to get in the water, you know, cause we, we use, we put our packs on first and then our helmets and then we go in. Uh, it used to be you send the first diver out and he'd don his uh, equipment in the water, you know, and now we're getting into away from the bottles and going more to the Cobra sets, which is the rebreather. Um, and <clears throat> they're not any smaller no. than a pair of twins, you know, I mean, they're, they're substantially like a brick on your back. Um, and with every new evolution of those, they're adding more parts to it, like a, a bladder so that you can actually have like a BC style, yeah. um, you know, rig. Um, but it's, yeah. So like you said, if, if you're a bigger boy, it's going to be far more difficult, you know? but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Right. No, it's just, 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 uh, just side question. Uh, when did they start going, uh, going towards rebreathers? Cause that's a question that I had for a while now, you know, why don't they use rebreathers as the bailout? It's mostly a depth thing. So if you're doing shallow sat 30 something meters or whatever, 90 something feet, um, you're going to use just bottles. 
And as you go deeper, because the mix is a little bit richer, uh, or not, I wouldn't say richer, because we can change the mix in the bottles. It's, it's, I want to say it's just, it has to do with the system itself. It has to be below a certain point. And what it, what it all comes back to is, you know, Chris Lemons, who, um, was on the Topaz. Just what I was going to ask. Was it because of the Sapphire? Chris Lemons? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's, it's because of him, but it, it was looked at more so after his, mm-hmm. his, his accident. And, um, it's one of those things. It's like, how much time does a pair of twins give you versus a rebreather? You know, but there's, there's some debate on that whole thing. Cause you know, if, if, if you pass out like Chris did, the rebreathers have a tit that you stick in your mouth to breathe off of. So you, you literally have to put it in your mouth, wrap your lips around it, just like on a regular regulator for scuba to breathe on it. And if you don't do that, it just pisses gas. Wow. So if you pass out on it, is that really saving you any more time in the water? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I have a love hate relationship with them. Um, the first, the first time they brought them out, I was just like, I hate these things. Now they're in their second evolution. So they're, they're, they're a little bit better. Okay. I'd say. So they're, so, they're still and, I, and I trust them more. Yeah. yeah. And I, I trust them more because now, um, you know, anything new divers hate oh, new yeah. shit. That's, that's why we still use the same. I mean, I, I dive a 17 B with a suicide pen here in the States. Nice. So, I mean, I, I, I hate, I hate using the new shit, love, but love the suicide. Use the, uh, Just freaking know, push it. People, <laughs> easy peasy. <laughs> easy peasy. <laughs> and people are like constantly like, you can't dive that. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, there's can. nothing that says you can. Like, I, I can do whatever I want. Exactly. And, DSI refuses to, to say that that's illegal to dive mm-hmm. because it's their fucking shit. So it's like, you know. Well, I'm sure uh, it would open them up to lawsuits um, if they said it's unsafe for from people that had died and because of an accidental uh, button push. Yeah. Air quotes, <laughs> accidental. Air quotes, accidental. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, still to this day, even when I'm in the water, if I'm carrying anything in the water, it's always over my right shoulder. Nothing, just nothing in case. ever goes over my left shoulder. Oh yeah. It's just, it's like, it's one of those things that, you know, you dove it that way for so long that it's like, you, you pick up burning gear or whatever and you're, you start humping it across the ocean floor. You're like, everything's over the right shoulder, nothing over your left, you know? Yeah. For, um, for those 17 B wearers. I mean, now there's so many things that they've put out there and want you to wear, they want you to wear the head yeah. strap, the actual strap that goes over the physical helmet, then inside yep. a strap and then a pin in the pin. It's like yep. a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff they added on to it. That's you know? ridiculous. But yeah. Hey, if the company, if it's a company requirement, then you got to do it. Cause I know I had to change exactly. my suicide pin out because they had made a company requirement on the spot when they saw mine. <laughs> that, yeah, that, well, I can't have that on so, there. I lost a dive because of it. I was pissed. I was pissed. Well, I mean, you could, I, I called dive lab, uh, talked to them and you know, it's like, is it illegal? Cause they're telling me that this is illegal. And it's like, no, it's not illegal, but it's just not the best. No. I'm like, you know, couldn't reason with yeah. them. Still lost the dive. And uh, ah. somebody snaked me on that one. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, but um, to get back on topic, though, as far as like getting into mm-hmm. the UK, I know a lot of guys are going. Okay, so that's all the the certs and stuff like that. That's just your your meat and potatoes of how to start. That's just the, the that's just to get looked at. The second part, correct. And the 
only way that I have found um, to even be considered is you have to go and find a company that works in the North Sea that also works in a different region. So if the vessel, say, goes to Trinidad or goes to the Persian Gulf or um, Singapore area, that's the big part. You want to go and work and get your name out there and show them who you are and what you can do before they even consider you for going to the North Sea. Um, and that, that's basically what had happened to me. I was, I was at the time was working for, um, Aquios and Bibby came across with the Sapphire and I got on board with that team. Um, and just, just worked and made friends with the guys. And, um, ultimately that kind of helped me out in the long run. Cause one day I was sitting at home and I called up a buddy and I was like, Hey, you know, tell everybody I said hi and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not going to throw any names out, you know, cause uh, I don't want people trying to find out who these people are. But then uh, he's like, yeah, the supervisor says, just go ahead and send him your CV. And I was like, wait, what? Wow. Like, yeah. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And he's like, no, he's just send it over right now. So I did. And then he's like, all right, send me all your certs. I'm sending this all to the office as a pack. And they did. And I got an email back from Bibby saying, Something along the lines like, you know, we, we, we're considering you to go on this next crew change. Uh, not, a, not a guarantee of anything. And at the time, you know, I was with my ex and I just looked at her and said, I got to go. And she just kind of was like, well, you don't even have a date. You don't have anything. I was like, yeah, I know. But um, a long time ago, I had made friends in the States when I was working for, back then it was DiveCon, then turned to Aquia's. His name was, uh, well, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, my buddy, Chris, and um, he now works over in the UK as well, but he's Scottish. So he, he was able to get in with uh, Sub-C7 and I was, I, I called him up. I hadn't talked to him in several years and he's one of those friends where you just, you catch right back up where you left off and he's like, yeah, mate, come on over. I can put you up at the house. So I went saw him and he helped me out so much, like just showing me the ins and outs of what to do and stuff like this and who to talk to in the companies. And, um, it's just, it's maddening to figure out like who you even have to contact for what information. And he was the one that said, Hey, you have to get a medical over here. So in order for you to even get on that crew change, you need this medical and you can only get it here. So I was like, fuck it. I'm out. So I flew over there and I set, at his house for 10 days and I just happened to get, you know, I was, I was starting to get frustrated. I was like, fuck me, you know, am I going to get call or whatever? And then that day just showed up, boom, you're on the crew change, you know, tomorrow out of Aberdeen. I'm like, holy shit. Like it just blew my mind, you know? And then, of course, as we are divers in the States, we start thinking, what do I need? What, what gear do I need? And all this stuff. And they're just like, don't worry, we got it all. Go, what? the only thing I carry now is my tool bag with all my tools in it. When I go to and from, um, the UK. Wow. Nice. They have it's like rock star diving right there. Yeah. Everything. So it's like, like you need a pair of boots. We got boots. You need gloves. We got gloves. You need underwear for your, uh, hot water suit. We got that. So it's just like, <clears throat> holy shit, you know, so, which was a huge savior for me because like I said, I, I've been over at his house with just street clothes for 10 days, just not even knowing. And then, uh, um, yeah, just showed up, but that's, that's if in a nutshell, 
to even be considered, you have to go to like the Persian Gulf or wherever, get on with Mermaid or, or something like that um, to get your name out there to, so that the supervisors and the superintendents find out who you are. Once they find out who you are, they can put forth your name into the company. Um, so that's, that's, that's probably the hardest part. So it's kind of like a longer vetting, just money. like a longer vetting process. Yes. You know, sounds yes. like, because mm-hmm. and and it's hard enough to break into SAT out here in the States and to do it, right. to break yeah. out over there. It's, it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be tough. Mm. It's gotta take persistence. Yeah. It's uh, like, I know, I know a couple of guys that I've, I've shown them the way I've told them what to do and stuff like that. And they get so far, but it's that working for another company for, you know, less money out of the Persian Gulf or something like that. And they're just like, I can't do it. I, I can't take that pay cut. And I was like, I understand. You know, I mean, it's, it's not easy. It's not fun. You're, you're going to get, you're going to go broke a little bit, but in the end, it's worth it. You know, it's, to me, it's worth mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, I get three, maybe four runs a year and the rest of the time I'm just hanging out at the house. So That's nice. What a great lifestyle. Yeah. Well, as, as you know, I, I pick up work mm-hmm. here and there, you know, um, I've actually worked with Chad. Yeah, I saw you working with Chad out of UMX. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did work with Playing him. Playing with the Gators. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's nice to get back in touch with your roots and, and go do some shallow air diving every now and again and see how bad you suck when <laughs> you're kicking with fins and trying to hang on midwater. It's just like, holy shit, I'm getting old for this shit. No wonder why it's the young man's game. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I like the old adage of divers don't swim. We've dropped a bottom and walked to where yeah. we're going, you know, it's just got to use a hammer. But, what the, <laughs> yeah. what the? <laughs> yeah, I got another diver over here to swing that shit. <laughs> I don't need to swing it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a different, it's a different way of diving. It's a different lifestyle. But if, if I, like, if I was, if I was, if I know now back then, how to start it and, and get into it sooner, I would have done it way differently. I would have gone internationally almost immediately. You know, get your, mm-hmm. get your tickets changed. If you got an ADC card, get a, a DCBC card because that's, that's a huge one right there. If you can get a DCBC, you don't have to get the MP1. Oh. Um, so that's, that's probably something people yeah. should know too. It, but, you know, your DCBC carries over such a larger group of, of regions just because of, I think the, the governing body that, that does it is so put together. I don't, I don't, I don't know how, how it works, but I just know like your ADC won't work over there. Your DCBC will, but you know, I, I got, I had to submit so much stuff because I got the IMCA one through uh, KB and associates. And that was, they don't even do that anymore. You know, and I had to sit with a panel and talk and pay a bunch of money and, you know, show them, I forget how many hundreds of, lockouts. It's just like, okay, well, here you go. You know, what do you, what do you guys want to know? Um, and you can literally, uh, I think I forget who it's, who's doing it now. I think it's, I think they still do it in France. You can still go get the IMCA course for your SAT ticket, but I'd get both. I'd get the air and SAT ticket because as you know, it's hard to break into SAT. It's easier to get an air job. Start with that. Get on the boat with the air diving. Then transition into the SAT. Um, and that, that's really the, the best and the fastest way to do it. You might get lucky and get into a SAT boat right away. I doubt it though. 
Um, but I mean, it's, it is possible. It is possible. It's just grit and determination is just don't let people tell you no. I mean, that's just it. It's like, you might get, you might send your resume out to 10 different companies. Just keep doing it. You know, don't give up. It's, it's, it's a, it's a real thing. You can do it. You know what I mean? So, Thanks. Um, How's the uh, scene out there? Like, is, is it, is it an overcrowded, uh, you know, market or, or, you know, <clears throat> is it similar to out here where the schools are pumping out, you know, students and stuff and well, like, what's the vibe? The, the vibe would be, and I can honestly say that there's all three companies, you know, starting with sub C7, Technip and Boscalas um, are all, screaming for divers. They, they, they have more work and less guys to do it. And it's, I, I don't know why, but they just, the attrition rate is, is real high as well. So, um, you might work with one company for a year and then start with a different one. Um, but luckily I've, I've been on with a really good crew. I've been very fortunate and I've been able to stick with the, I was on the Sapphire through the Bibby to Reaver transition and then on the Topaz now for the last, what, two, two and a half years going on three days. Nice. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, I think a lot of it is, like I said, just, just getting to, to vibe with the guys you're with, you know, trust, trust the process, trust the system that they have instilled on their vessels. You know, that's the other thing. It's like, I know, I know we can be strong headed sometimes as divers. Like, I don't, that's not the way I do it. Just stop for a second and listen to what they have to say. You know, just, it may not be the way you want to do it, but you're in their house. That's all, that's all I can say. You're in their house. Nice. So, um, and that, that's, that's, that's a hard thing for, mm-hmm. for any person to swallow as their pride and be like, I've been doing this way for, you know, 10 years. Like, well, fuck it change yeah i mean just <laughs> us, like, us in general as americans it's like we always want to innovate you know that's not a bad thing but it's like some of no, these things no. are just you know they have their way of doing this tried proven you know tested and like you said it's their house so it's almost like you know american divers out there are you know starting out like as guests kind of so right you know it'd, it'd be the same thing if if they showed up to your vessel you know it's like hey this is not how we do it here we do it this particular yeah. way so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, all good groups of guys, you know, I miss, I miss the guys I used to dive with here in the States tremendously. Um, I mean, I grew up with a lot of these guys that I hardly ever see anymore, you know, and you know, we, we, we catch up from time to time, but it's, it's not the same as you're sitting, you know, shoulder to shoulder on the back of the deck and, you know, calling each other assholes and, yeah. you know, grabbing dinner at the end of the night and saying, Hey, I'll see you in the morning. You know, grabbing butts. Sleep. <laughs> yeah, grabbing butts, you know. <laughs> You've been on the same boat as me. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Because, like I said, I, I, I knew that you were a sat diver. I didn't know, you know, that you were out there in the North Sea when I first met you. And uh, yeah, because we were at Olmstead together. And I, I tell you what, we've right. had so many guests on this show already from that job that I met. You know, just these amazing divers, you know, that I worked shoulder right. to shoulder with, and uh, I met you out there. And the uh, first thing that yeah. I saw was the Star Wars tattoo. 
<laughs> you know, and of, still rocking. And of course, it. your name is uh, Dax. Dax. So I'm like, dude, that's yeah. <laughs> hopefully, you'll fare. Not many people know who he is. You'll fare better than old Dak in the yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> he lasted all of about two minutes in the movie. Yeah. So yeah, but he was buds with Luke. You think Luke would have stopped him from getting killed or something? You know. Nah, he just let just go for it, bro. Well, I mean, looking at Kylo Ren, he could have stopped the blaster bolt, right? <laughs> right. You think you know something? Uh, don't um, give me speaking started. of Olmstead, you know, just old, just shout out to Terrence, you know, our boy who who passed away out there. Uh, that was a fucked up situation, but I still think of him often. You know, he's a good bud. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that that had happened uh, not too long after I did my run out there. You know. Were were you yeah. still over there? <clears throat> no, I I had just gotten back home, and I think it was like a month later yeah. that I heard everything. Yeah, that was a tough then, tough was- little time there because then Sam had gotten into his accident too on that same job that yep. we were out there. I don't yeah, know if, and I was yeah. telling you on Insta that um, you know I I was riding with him in the sidecar probably a month mm-hmm. before his his accident, you know, um, and then I I happened to be. I was traveling back from Houston on my bike when I heard about it. And then I rode 600 miles out of my way just to go see him at the hospital. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I should keep in contact with him better. I just, I, I, I just don't keep in contact with half yeah. the people I do. I should, you know, as, as well as I should. Well, he's uh, on Instagram now, so make sure you send a message to him. Yeah. We had him yeah. on our show, uh, uh, few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I think by the time this is released, it might be like, you know, five episodes ago or something like that. So, but uh, no, so, so far it's been a great season. I'm really glad that you were able to come on and uh, Sam's keeping busy, you know, writing. That's why we had him on too, you know, and it's like, he's got a great story to tell. So many yep. divers had great stories to tell at Olmstead, you know, but that river had, you know, has claimed, you know, quite a bit of lives too, you know, said so Terrence, yeah, Terrence ended up uh, passing away on the job. Then before that, there were two other uh, global, you know, divers that had passed yeah. away, you know, and it's a, uh, it was a tough job, man. Those currents, talking about currents, yeah. is moving. It's like looking back, it's I mean, like, what the I've, hell were I've we doing to, diving uh, in that, right? Exactly. I've yet to experience anything that stupid again. I mean, and they still work on that river, and I'm just like, somebody's got to call it. I mean, that, I get it. The company's there to make money, but at some point in time, you just got to be like, this is stupid, you know? And, but we're hard headed divers, and we'll drop to bottom and try to do what we can, you know? It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and not to talk, uh, talk too much crap or anything, you know, but, uh, I kind of, I kind of wish they had prepared me better. I mean, not prepared me better. Nothing happened, but I wasn't prepared for the full gravity of the situation on my first dive. <laughs> you know, it took me, it took me several dives <laughs> to figure it out and actually be yeah. productive. But that first dive in there, never experienced anything like that before. At least I had enough nope. sense to tuck my chin in. You know. Yep. And uh, <laughs> grab the hose, and grab your helmet, yeah. and because it's like I'm like, yeah. holy crap, it's moving so fast. If I lift my head up to look up, I'm flooding the damn thing quick because I'm yeah. diving to 17B yep. with the exhaust in the bottom. It's gonna go right past yep. that uh that exhaust valve. You know, it's gonna fill up right in, uh, into my neck. Are these the videos you were showing me? With the river yeah. going super fast. Oh yeah, we had spuds down on the damn barge. Right. Yeah, and it was moving so fast because they released water from a gate upstream. The barge was sliding right on the spuds yep. yeah, I see. and it was about to hit another barge. Like 
barge number two was looking at us uh-huh. and they're like, holy crap, they're moving. <laughs> we had a diver in the water, yep. um, like yelling, got to get him up, got to get him up. And, you know, soup's like all calm and collected like you should be. But I think it was a little too calm, you know. And it's, uh, yeah, it was a little bit hairier <laughs> than, uh, than the diver knew. So we brought him up. And he was like, hey, what's going on, guys? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like white and freaking we're run out. You over. What are you like, doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> but, Man, we're just yeah. going to run you over. It's all good. But yeah, no, it's a crazy job. And I'm glad to have met you, you know. Same, definitely, uh, likewise. Definitely yeah. had some good times there. Yeah, you know, always- definitely ran that city. It was pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> I know some of the guys did. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh a couple of shots of penicillin probably first. Oh, geez. I know. <laughs> Had a couple of divers that were, I think exhausted the Tinder and the Bumble list. Oh, some God. of the young guys, 20 somethings. The stories were great though. It's just like you come to the bars the next morning, like Jesus, you look haggard. And there's like, Oh, I got to show you yeah, this. Look at this. Like, you're like, I'm, I'm not young by any <laughs> means, that. but I'm too old for that. <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was bad for those guys. Those young guys. I mean, they thought I was yeah. great. Cause a lot of them were young yeah. in the trade, you know, and, uh, not experienced, you know, big young, dumb like and full of cum. <laughs> not anymore. Well, not full anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Paducah for the most part was not a prime place to find a mate. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a Paducah 10 was like a LA five, I think, or something. Hey, that's, hey, yeah, you know, tough. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll do. No, but but it was so. a cool job, you know, and we were right next to Buffalo Wild Wings. Those so are good odds. It's pretty easy to yeah. go eat oh, and yeah. go back and, and all that, you know. But uh, no, it's a... Uh, good times. Yeah. And, and those are the moments that you kind of look back on, you know, with the crew, the guys that you shared with exactly. and stuff. And exactly. I thought it was yeah. awesome. And, and, when we had Chris on, you were like, yeah, I worked with him. I'm like, oh, no way. Is, is uh, uh, Chris the Chris you were talking about? You stayed at his house? No, oh, okay. no, it's, it's a different, different one. Because yeah. that Chris also yeah. lives in uh, guy, Scotland, right? Yes. Yes, yes he yes. does. Yes, yeah. he does. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's like, well, there you go. You know, it's just, it's all the guys I grew up with basically, you know, through the diving industry and uh, a few that I met along the ways were, you know, you just click and you're just, you, like I said, you just catch right back where you left off and it's like, God, man, I haven't seen you in yeah. years. You know, it's just, we all get, we all get busy. You know, we all start doing things and you know, we're all on different jobs now. And it's, I, I don't think I know anybody that's in the Gulf of Mexico right now anymore. I mean, I know a few guys that are in management, but I don't, I don't know that I know any divers. It's just, everybody's gone inland. They've gone to uh, uh, union yeah, jobs, you know? Gone where the money's at. I was able to do that early. Exactly. It was like, nice. Why would I leave? <clears throat> And you're home yeah. more frequently, you know, you can, if you have to, you can just pack up and go, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Hey, I got a family emergency. Like, all right, well, we'll get another guy out there tomorrow. Fuck off. Perfect. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Until you do that, like this. three jobs in a row, then they're, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but it's, you know, I mean, you know, as well as I do, you go offshore and it's like, oh, the crew boat's not here for three weeks. And you're like, I need to get the fuck off the boat. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, Crew boats appear in three weeks. It's like no sympathy whatsoever. It's just like, wow. Okay. But that's why you get paid the big bucks. Speaking of which, no. let's pivot. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. That's a question everybody wants to know. You know, it's one of those things where it's like you see it on YouTube saying, you know, yeah, these saturation divers, you know, make, they make up to, you know, what, oh, it, I think the number is 300,000 now. Yeah. They, yeah. 
it's always some astronomical no, it's, number. It's not not. I mean, if you're working every other month, you've got that capability. Right, and that's what I tell people. It's like but, you can, but it's yes. that's not what should drive but, you to get out there. Yeah, but half these YouTube people are no. saying that you can make that in a month or two. No. So no, your your take home in a month is going to be about thirty k. So, you know, take that with a grain mm-hmm. of salt. It could be a little over. It could be a little less. Um, you know, after taxes, you pay taxes over there. And then you, if there's anything left, you pay taxes here. So that's, that's the other Double part tax. that, yeah. Generally speaking though, I just pay taxes to the UK. Um, and then maybe a little bit here in the States. So it's not, it's not horrible. You should buy a tax um, shelter, bro. Was, buy a, uh, buy a little tried. shack. It, it doesn't work. No, because I've. It's, it depends on where you earn the money. Like I, I can, I can, I can get a shelter here for U.S. dollars, but I can't for British pounds. It's, and and there's a lot of guys that say I need to get a sterling account there in the U.K. Mm-hmm. and then drag the money over when the uh, exchange rate is higher, and I can't do that either because I'm not a, a resident over there. Oh, okay. So it's it, there's. There's pitfalls to most of the ideas like, oh, I can just start an LLC, right? Doesn't work like that either. It's just, it's, it, it kind of sucks in that regard, but. So unless you're a dual the citizen, was, then that's tough. That's what I'm gathering. Or you marry into it. There you go. go find yourself a, a Scottish or a British girl and marry in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's. It's hit or miss on trying to figure out, but like when, when when the pound was stronger against the dollar, I was actually only paying like I'd say about two percent tax difference. So you know they take out my taxes in the UK, I get taxed, and then the the um, the currency exchange would bump me back up to almost to what I was making. So I was, I was only losing like two percent of my actual what well, what felt like my actual paycheck. Yeah. So that was nice. But now it's almost one to one, so that's more painful. Mm. But you're making thirty grand uh, average, roughly, roughly, roughly a month yeah. when yeah. when you're out there. Like What's it, your shifts like? You have a twelve hour shift, okay. and of those twelve hours, you're working eight. So I mean, you're you're still working, but you're actually in the water for those eight hours. So it's not bad. All right, and everything is determined by law. It's, you know, you, you seal the seal is this time, you know, you're only allowed up to four hours in the water before you mandatory have to come back to the bell and get a, a drink of water. Um, it's stuff like that that just makes it so much more civilized. Cause when I first started diving sat, it was, you're in the water for six, seven hours and you were considered a pussy if you had to go get a drink of water, you know, it's like, so you just, you just, Took it to the gut, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, like whatever, you know, so we're pounding water on the way down in the bell. It's like, hurry, 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 get in the water. And then as soon as you got to swap out with the other diver, you're just like, I'm so dehydrated, <laughs> you're just down in more water, you know, so it's like, it's, I mean, it's getting better. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, the, the industry is changing as a whole in understanding that, you know, just because you're in the water and you're out of sight, out of mind, doesn't mean we don't need a drink of water. I mean, shit, if you're swinging a hammer for four and a half hours, anybody, I mean, anybody on this earth is going to be like, I need a drink yeah. of water, you know? You so. know, and I'm surprised they haven't invented something yet that you can put in your hat, you know, like a camel water pack or something like that. Cause the astronauts have that. Why, why can't we have something similar? 
you know? Because they have NASA paying yeah, for it. Yeah, that's true. Too. <laughs> you can be rich, Ramondo. Yeah. So you're working like what a month on, month off, or or does it depend on how busy it is and how much you seasonal want to work? Seasonal as well. Seasonal. Yeah, it's it's seasonal as well. So North Sea during the winter is going to be a lot more rough, mm. and some vessels can handle that, um, and they work year round. Just depends on what company you work for. Um, we don't have the vessels that can handle all that kind of weather. We have some that can handle some of that weather. So you might sit for two months during the winter. You might sit for three or four months. Um, so you, budgeting is a huge thing. You know, it's like, that's why I say divers aren't known for saving money. We just, we make it and blow yeah. as fast as we can. And it's usually on trucks or pussy. So to make more <laughs> adjust like, lifestyle accordingly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And that's one of the things where it's like, you, you have to be smart with your money. You just, you just have to, you know, you just, you try to make every dollar stretch. And then, um, that first big paycheck you get, you're like that goes straight to the bank and just set on that. And then the next paycheck you get, that's the one you start spending because you never know what's going to happen in the next rotation. You might get a short sat run. So, um, you know, which happens quite a bit. Sometimes they only get seven day sats. So you go and do a seven day sat and you're not making what you thought you were going to be making. So never count your chicks before they hatch for sure. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, just to kind of dispel, I, I mean, it's not even dispelling. Like we just said, you can make that much. So if we just say what you said, you know, yeah, average 30,000 bucks, you know, a month. If yeah. you're working for eight months, you know, spread out, you're making 240 thousand dollars as a working right. north sea right or, or is that just sat in general yeah. um sat in general okay. and then something else to think about is with sat in the north sea you have what's called equal time off so if you got 30 days in you get 30 days out and you're only supposed to get 28 days anyways in the bin you're going to get 28 days off so if you go 10 days in you can go 10 days off and go right back in but um so you can in essence, you can only work six months okay. out of the year if, if you're doing every other month. And that's just North Sea. Um, in this, that's North Sea. In the States, it's completely different. You can do 30 days and they might ask you to do another 15 and you can stay in as long as you want. You know, at least that's the way it was when I first started. You know, yeah. guys were doing, you know, do a rotation in, sit on the deck for uh, a week and then come right back in for another rotation. It's like, holy shit. It's like, how do how do you do that? So you nice. Know, that's just little differences like that. I, I just like the idea that your body gets time to heal. Yeah, you know what I mean. This is because it's it is hard. Yeah, on your, your bones get time it's to just, uh, get stronger again. Trying to fight that. Yeah, it's atrophy, bone necrosis, muscle atrophy too. You getting bone yeah, necrosis? That, yeah, hopefully not. But <laughs> you never know. Is it a thing? But, like, have you met I mean, divers that <laughs> suffer from it? I have not. No. Because I've never heard stories of I mean, people. I, I guess it affects you when you become yeah. old, old, but I would figure that's just arthritis. You know, mm. I, I don't know. I'm not mm. trying to say it doesn't exist, you know, because the science is there. Yeah, no. Just saying I've never yeah. met anybody I, that suffers from it. Osteoporosis. Yeah, so. But yeah, it's just, I mean, I, like I said, I just, I just like the time off. Yeah. Because, if, I mean, honestly, if, if I could do three months in a row, I don't know that I'd want to. You know what I mean? I'd rather spread it out because everybody goes a little stir crazy mm. in there, you know, just 
unless you have kids, then I guess you probably want yeah. to sit it there as long as possible. But I'm sure uh, having kids is tough doing yeah. that. So, is, is, is it still enjoyable I, I, for you? There are days. Yeah. There are times where it's not. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's like anything you, you do it enough times. It just it kind of loses its luster, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy some of the places we go and some of the work we do. I mean, well, if you're, if you're just like any diver, you say, we're going to go scrap and you're like, fuck my life. You know, it's like, I don't know a single diver that's just like jerking off in the corner going, <laughs> yeah, scrapping. You know what I mean? It, we, we all feel the same way about scrapping. And it's, if, if you get a project where it's like, yeah, we got to replace this, you know, part on this manifold in the water, fuck it, let's go. You know, and that, those are the fun days, you know? Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, there's, there's days that are good and some that aren't. Yeah, let's go lay miles of sandbags. <laughs> yeah, let's get <laughs> oh, after it. fuck me. <laughs> yeah. When they start dropping gabions of sandbags and you're looking at one and it's like, you know, one has about a hundred bags in it and there's six to go. And you're just like, I'm going to be sucking air through my asshole today. You know, it's like, and just hating life, you know, but yeah, you do what you got to do. But, Is there any, uh, trends in the business that you're seeing as far as, uh, like safety stuff that you think, uh, think as a whole, as a community, we can be doing better. Uh, just kind of just stuff in uh, general, you know, my thing are the flashes, you know, i I hear more from you about things that accidents that happen in the industry than I see actually come through on the flashes. You know, it's just that, that really chaps my ass. You know, it's like, I, I get everybody has their incident to accident reports. And if they, if they put everything into the file and, and then try to get a bid in with the job, they might lose it. But at the same point is like, own up to your shit. That's my big thing. It's like, if you fucked up, own up to your shit. And I mean, I've, I've seen several buddies of mine get hurt and you're just like, how is this not being put out there? You know, it's like, it's, it's certain things that you've seen even the same tool. Somebody gets hurt on the same tool doing the same stupid shit and they don't put a guard on it or something like that. And you're like, why? Because, oh, we didn't report it. What the fuck not? You know, it's the, the reason we have these in place is for safety and you completely say, oh, no, we'll talk about it when all the companies get together behind closed doors. So the company owners know about this shit, but the divers who are actually hands-on don't know about this shit. That, that shit pisses yeah. me off. So, you know. so there are similar concerns. Like, do, do, do you guys have that same type of talk amongst yourselves out in the North Sea as we might have over here? We, like, so yes and no. Um, our, our flashes are... Um, I don't know if they're global or if they're just uh, in the region of the UK. So we see everything that happens on every other vessel. And, and I mean, there's a binder that comes in and it's got a full report, photos, you know, um, who was involved, who it affected. And it's, it's very up to date, you know, and, and they make a point to like every so often they'll send it in there and be like, Hey, here's a sheet. We want you guys to read these and know that you guys understand what happened to this diver. And I think that's probably the best way of doing it where they're saying, we, we know about it. We're going to tell you, even if it's, even if it's my company, something happened within my company, we know about it. I mean, there's no hiding anything. Um, and it's to prevent it in the future. And I think that's, paramount yeah and, and uh 
we don't do that enough. I'm just going to say it plainly out here in the States. Yeah. You know, it's uh, a, so those flashes we're talking about for the audience, uh, they're safety flashes that are reportable incidents that they reported and it's distributed amongst the companies. So that way it's kind of a lessons learned, you know, type of thing to let you know what's going on. And, you know, the reason for it is how to avoid it. Right. Correct. Yeah. So, and and that could be, you know, operations, it could be tools. I mean, it's, it, it spans the whole, everything that we do in, in our industry. You know, it could be something, somebody twisted their ankle when doing a boat to boat transfer or something like that. It's, and that's what I, you know, granted those little things, I shouldn't say little, but you know, somebody twists their ankle when they're doing a, a, you know, rope swing or whatever. Okay. Yeah. We all know it can happen. We don't need to see that as every day, but I mean, the big things, Yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. You know, people, you know, get their finger cut or something like that from a tool or, you know, you name it. Yeah. And, and so, if you guys listening, you know, if you got stuff that you feel needs to, you know, the industry needs to know, send, send it into us. We'll, we'll flash it. You know, uh, the yeah. last, uh, think flash we got from OSHA was, uh, the Delta P stuff after that kid died in Kentucky, you know, mm-hmm. I know we had a part in, uh, you know, getting the information news out there, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. they were able to make a Delta P checklist that hopefully companies are using. Um, and hopefully it'll make a difference somewhere yeah. down the road, you know, but, uh, yeah, we definitely need more of that. So you guys out there listening, send in your, uh, your, uh, safety incidents. And, uh, if it's something that we can put out there, we'll put it out there, you know, do it anonymously. Yeah, too, if there you, you have go. to. I mean, that's the big thing. I say, I, I get that certain companies and certain people don't want names and stuff swinging around, but you're only helping your brothers. You know, that's, that's just it. Or sisters. I mean, I don't want to be gender specific, um, but it's, it's important. It's important to all of us. I mean, none of us are impervious of making a mistake, yeah. you know, especially with a new tool. If I haven't seen a new tool, I'm using it for the first time. I would like to know if somebody hurt themselves on it. Yeah, so. how to avoid hurting yourself on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so like I said, uh, it's definitely something we could be doing better. It's uh, it's also nice to see uh, nice to see that divers do have concerns, you know, like that around the world, you know, because it is one big community. You know, you've seen it firsthand. It Can you speak on that a little bit too? I know you did earlier. As far as like um, meeting different yeah. people in different regions yeah. and stuff like that, yeah, it's. I, I, I'll tell you what the the biggest. The biggest thing to realize, I mean, we all come from different cultures. Um, you're going to be working with people all over the place. So try to be as fluid as possible. You know, I mean, there's going to be times where you get on a vessel and there's, what is it? There's no pork allowed. You know, it's not, uh, I forget what they call that. Um, but it's mostly for like anybody who's Muslim and, and people freak out. What do you mean I can't have bacon? It's like, well, it's just part of it. You know, it's like we have to accept both sides, you know, it's just, you're, you're in international waters. You're not at home. Just try to be fluid, you know, and just accept it. You'd be surprised the friends that you'd meet too, that you normally wouldn't by being more open-minded like that too. Um, now I got buddies of mine in Trinidad that, you know, never would have met them other than through diving. And, you know, of course we think differently, but we're still cool. You know, it's like, it's, it's all, it's all fun, you know, and we're all there for the same reason. Like I keep saying is we're there to get the job mm-hmm. done. Like, I don't think any 
diver in particular has ever walked out of the job like, man, I'm going to fuck this bitch up. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> I say it all the time, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, in jest, obviously, but you know what I mean? It's like, we all go out there with the same premise. Like I want to do a good job because by doing well, we're going to get another job. You know, it's like, that. it's all about getting more work, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you'd, you'd be surprised to see how that goes all around the world. It's just, we all are there for the same reason. We're all professionals. And um, I mean, you, you do get a couple of knuckleheads here and there, but part of that is training them too, you know? Nice. So, um, yeah, that's, I, I guess you also have to be a soccer fan too, huh? To, to ah, helps, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, it does help. I'm a Leeds guy. Oh, so. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Johnny's over here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. All right. But it's okay. He's an I'm American a, that plays I'm over a, there. I'm, I'm, I'm an Everton guy, so it's, I'm shit. Or shit, well, as they say. Aronson, Aronson's from the States, so, I mean, he plays for Leeds. You know, you got to give the guy yeah. credit. Okay. All right, Dak. It's about that time. It's time for the oh shit story. Any story oh. where you might have died... Or have gotten seriously maimed. And you barely escaped. Wow. You don't have to name the company. Uh, you don't have to name anything. No, no. Well, there was a time, and I know there's some guys that can attest to this, where the bell that we were in blew the seal on the port. And you want to talk about a pucker effect. Was, and yeah. one, there's, there's a reason why we train people the way we train them in the system. And, um, I, I was lucky enough to be trained by Jimmy Geisler for the very first time. And he, he was very, very good. And he, he taught me things that, you know, normally people just kind of go by and he made it like, look at, I want you to grab each valve handle and I want you to do it, be able to do it blindfolded. Basically if the lights ever go out, whatever, you know, to know which valves you need to open, which valves you need to close, what they do. And he would test me every day, you know, and of course the first week or so I'd get him wrong, but eventually that's how you train with every system. And thank God, thank God. Um, I was with a, a really, really good buddy of mine and he and I were both trained the same way. And when shit hit the you know, shit went sideways he and I both reacted the same way it was like we both knew exactly where the valves were he knew his job I knew my job because we're on different sides of the bell and when I say the lights go out and they go out in a hurry that fog from the release of pressure happens so fast it just like like just smoke you can't see shit in front of you and um yeah we ended up getting out of there but it was uh it wasn't for lack of yeah, we, we, I, I know I was fucking scared, so, but, um, but yeah, that's the, that's the big oh shit story that I have. And I won't throw names or companies out there, but yeah, that's a real one. It never made it to the flashes. So, and had you delayed what would have happened there? <laughs> so I'm like yeah. this, I'm like, yeah, you know, that, that's one of those, you can edit that part out, but I'm just like, I, as part, yeah, it's just, uh, it was, it was basically, you know, we ended up getting put back in the water. Um, we ended up putting our hot water suits up against the port, which helped seal it enough to where we could get back to the system. 
and get out. And that's, I mean, you want to talk about pressure and um, how it sucks through certain areas or pushes material through certain areas. There was no pancake. Um, what's it called? A pancake blind that you're supposed to put on there. It's got a neoprene seal on it. That if you ever lose a port, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, so that was the, our next option is like, just fucking put this suit up or suits against that and hopefully to God, it'll just suck it in there and seal it enough. And it did. So we got lucky. Almost had a ground yeah. beef moment there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was a big one. That was, that's to this day, that's my scariest and one of those, like, I shouldn't be here today. Right. Like I, that, I thought for sure that was it. That was the last day. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it was scary. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have told that one, but you know what? Hey, that's, that's part of the things where I, I say the flashes, people need to fucking yeah. mm-hmm. speak up. They need to know the job's real. So, it's not a, you know, yeah. it's not, you're not just chasing money. You know, it's a, uh, there's no. risk to it. No, that's just it. There's, there's guys that I, I know that do it just for the money. They don't really blah, 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 you know, but it's like when shit hits the fan, the only one you can count on is the guy sitting next to you. That's why, that's why I say it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's very important to, to trust your guys. And, uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. You don't want to be a YouTube video. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't want a bunch of fucking scuba divers talking about how you died. You know, know what I'm saying? Ex- yeah, exactly. Ugh, exactly. They have no idea what they're talking about. Right? Yeah. I'm glad you made it out, dude. Me too. Jesus. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And thanks for having me on the show, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, I've been wanting to to catch up with you too, you know, and I just, again, I most of the time, I if I'm on Insta or whatever, I'll say hi or whatever, but it's never yeah. like sit down and be like, hey man, how's, how's life? You know, and um, you know, I mean, we all have life that happens. Yeah. It's just sometimes we just get caught up in it, you know? Awesome. Is there any other so, shout outs you want to uh, give before you go? Uh, I mean, nah, I'm good. Right. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this on your anniversary. Yeah, I think we've already, I know. we've already given shout outs to all the guys anyways. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I, I miss all the guys, you know, the, I mean, I'm, I've, I've dealt with so many guys that it's, it's hard to keep track anymore. You know, like Dave Gill, the Geislers, Ackhart, Stambaugh. I mean, um, God, so many guys over the years. It's just, it's, it's, it's hard to keep yeah. track of everybody. Yeah, still, you know? still trying to get uh, Jimmy and Terry on. Then hopefully we can get Dave Gill mm-hmm. at some point. So if you can toss him a line, tell him it was a painless process, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll see what All I right, can man. do, brother. All right, thanks a lot, Dak. And uh, thanks for coming on the Bomb Drove's Dive Shack. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Right on. Take care. Thanks again for having me, guys. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. Make sure you like and follow on our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook. Please share this podcast with your friends or anyone interested in commercial diving. The only way that uh, we can make this successful is if we do get a lot of people that are listening. We get more listeners, we get more sponsors, and that means more free stuff for you guys. That's right. We are hooking up all of our diver brothers and sisters in the trade. And uh, if you keep sharing and liking, we're able to do that a lot more. Our Instagram is at Bottom Dwellers DS. Our Facebook is Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. And you can always like and follow me at LB Diver on both. 
The Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack is available on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor. We also have it streaming on our website at thebottomdwellers.com. So keep listening, keep it safe, keep it salty. This is LB Diver, out. Out.